Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Citizens of the Reject Nation, Greg here today. Today I'm going to share with you all my 10 most unpopular movie opinions. The only way I can describe this list is by the films I get the most crap for when I admit that I actually like them or that I don't actually like them. So that is what my ranking is comprised of. So no, to get this out of the way, I'm not going to try to convince anyone of my opinion I'm not going to come close to trying whatever you want to argue with me about in the comments i've already heard it in person a gazillion times trust me so go ahead leave it in the comments it helps, it helps out with the engagement of the video the films down here that like i don't really care for or that i don't like i can objectively see why people really enjoy these films a lot of this is mainly coming from just a purely emotional subjective state of viewing experience is where i'm really coming from there's a couple here though where i'm like i, I don't understand <laughs> so yeah for all you guys who are always like ah oh, that greg guy he's he's uh, he's too mainstream and that's why I can't trust his opinions. Well, well, now I'm going to have this video just ready, ready to share that that one or two comments. Or if you already didn't trust my opinion, then then this will only help to, to serve you. And if you did trust my opinion, now I'll have you question my opinion. Hopefully, that's the goal of today's video is to question my whole character. Anyway, guys, now let's just have some fun. Leave a like. Kind of wish the dislike button was still visible for videos like this. Just be a really amusing effect the mental health. Thinking it'd be funny at first. But then I die slowly on the inside. All right, guys, number 10. Love that I'm kicking it off with this one. <laughs> this movie actually has a pretty decent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. But once I say it, you're going to know for sure, like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the audiences don't like this movie. I actually had a really fun time when I saw it, and that is Ghostbusters 2016. Go ahead, type away. Tell me everything you don't like about it. I don't care. When I watched this film, I actually had a really great time. I thought it was funny. I thought the main ensemble doesn't compare to the original ensemble. Like this movie in total does not compare to the original. But in terms of a remake, in terms of a comedy, I would say that this is just fine, <laughs> that it is a good time. When I saw it, I was laughing. I enjoyed the action. I like Chris Hemsworth a lot in the film. Does it have that problem that a lot of Judd Apatow films have where it's like, oh, he really let the actors just improvise a lot and, and then they put it together in the editing room. I understand it's Paul Feig, not Judd Apatow. I'm just using Judd Apatow as a comparison. Yeah, it does have that issue, but the end product for me as someone who has a major affinity for the first two Ghostbusters films, I would say that I actually really enjoyed this one quite a bit. We're off to a strong start, people. Let's go on to number nine. Number nine, a movie that might seem weird to put on here at first because it's actually a best picture winner. And by me saying that, you might actually go, oh, I think I know where Greg's going with this. Yeah, I mean, I only saw it one time. I saw it in the theaters and I was quite moved by it. I was moved to tears several times. And that is the best picture winner crash. The movie that whenever people talk about best picture winners, they're like, what that movie would wipe? Why, 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 why,
You know, even when I was younger, I saw this when I was like 14 years old. When I saw it in the theaters at that age, even I had moments of kind of feel like there's an adult talking at me instead of letting the characters do real talking. But I can't deny, I think the movie's emotion really clicked with me. I was very much moved by it. I think the performances are very strong. You know what? On a very personal note, I saw this when I was 14 years old. I'm gonna get real, pretty real with you guys right now. You know, even though I grew up, of, of course, knowing racism is wrong. Even like in the school I had, all my friends, we had like a tight knit group of like 30 kids and it was a diverse group of kids. However, I was still surrounded by like a lot of adults, even some kids who had some thoughts that could only be deemed as prejudice. Like they were some prejudiced thoughts. And when you're that young, a lot of time you don't even realize that you're having thoughts that are insensitive or that actually would be qualified as prejudice. And there's a scene in this movie and it's always stuck with me. And that is when Sandra Bullock is having the locks change. She's arguing with Brendan Fraser and she's talking about the guy changing their locks. He's a gangbanger is gonna be giving the key out to his gangbanger friends. She's just profiling this guy and being completely racist based off of the way he looks. And at the time of seeing that scene, it made me cringe because I knew people who thought that way. And it made me realize at 14, not 30 year old Greg, but at 14, you know, actually that those thoughts and fears and tension in my shoulders does come into mind whenever I see someone who happens to fit that description of what she's talking about. And from that moment on, from that movie, it made me go, I am not going to think like that anymore. And then Greg cured all of racism. Crash saved racism. It stopped it. The movie did its goal, and now no more racism. All right, number eight. A classic. A classic film. Whew. I think it's fine. All right? I don't dislike it. I, th I, I think it's... I think it's very, very fine. <laughs> That's, like, the best I can go with it. It's one of those movies where I can watch it and go, yes, I understand why you love it. Not for me so much though. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think out of the original trilogy of Indiana Jones films, it is the only one that I watch where I actually tune out pretty much through a lot of it when I am watching it. Are there things that I appreciate about the film? Undoubtedly. I do think Harrison Ford does a good job. I do like uh, Karen Allen. I think some of the the practical effects, the rolling ball at the beginning, yeah, it's all fun and exciting, uh, sure. For the most part though, uh, I don't find a lot of the plot that entertaining i don't find the characters even though the performances are good i don't find the characters that intriguing i find the mystery the puzzle solving a little dull the action is just kind of okay to me for for most of the film yeah it's just fine it's the best i got for it i'd much rather watch temple of doom all right i'm gonna put number seven and six together I just kind of decided right now because i i'm pretty sure i got like the same opinion about both these films. These are two classic horror movies that kickstarted some of the biggest horror franchises of all time. I find them extremely overrated, especially one of them that I often see as one of the greatest horror films of all time. The only way I can describe this to you is uh, um, I, I'm bored out of my fucking mind when I watch these films. That is Halloween and Friday the 13th. <laughs> I've seen both these movies countless times. I've tried. I've really tried to get on board with them and I just can't do it. Maybe it's my inability to transplant my body and soul into the time period when this was released before better versions of these movies came out. Maybe that's debatable too. Like, no, those are the best. I don't think they're the best. I think that they are slow, meandering. The characters, very uninteresting. I don't think they're scary. I don't think they're thrilling. I don't think they're uh, schlockily amusing. <laughs> I, I just find them really, really dull experiences. I kind of like the finales of both of them. Like, kind of like them. But for the most part, I always walk away going, I think that's very overrated and I'm not going to share this opinion with the group that I'm with. <laughs> 
And if I'm being really honest with you, if I'm being very real with y'all, I think the Halloween 2018 movie far surpasses the original. And if I'm going to be really, 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 really honest, I think the Halloween Rob Zombie version is way more enjoyable. <laughs> the theatrical cut. No, I'm not, not a big fan of the director's cut. And number five, here we go. Now, I actually referenced this movie when I was talking about the Batman. The few qualities that I can say I, I, I like, I appreciate, I would say, the qualities of these movies that I saw reflected in the Batman was what made me happy. But the actual movie itself that I referenced, I don't understand why people my entire life have said it's one of the greatest screenplays of all time. I've heard many filmmakers, auteurs, say that this is the best script ever written, often hailed as one of the best movies of all time. And every time I watch it, I always have to divide up my viewing experience. I can never finish this in one sitting. I even tried before the Batman to watch this in one sitting, but I can't do it. I start to snooze. I start to think of different things. I'm not even on my phone. I'm not one of those guys when watching a movie who's on his phone. It's the movie Chinatown. Like I said, I'm not going to convince anyone of why this movie is a snooze fest. But yeah, I, I am bored as hell whenever I watch it. And I think if more people were honest with themselves, they'd admit that too. <laughs> All right, number four. This is, this is the one I think I have never been shy to admit of how much I really like this film. I, I'm willing to die on this hill. And I know I'm vastly in the minority. The star of this movie pretty much disavows it. It kind of, I kind of get the impression that everyone involved tries to like, screw that movie genuinely consider it like a really terrible film and one a Razzie for being so bad. But whenever I watch it, I do not share that sentiment. It is not nostalgia, I think. Rewatched it as an adult like a couple years ago, and I still went, I, just, I don't understand. I just, it's one of those movies, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why, why I'm one of the few people who has this opinion. I think it's a good movie. Wild Wild West. I think it's really funny. I love the chemistry with Will Smith and Kevin Klein. I think it's very inventive. I think it's a very creative movie. Kind of is a little bit clunky in the, in the beginning. A lot of people would say it's clunky throughout, but I think in the beginning it's a little bit clunky, but as it progresses, by the time you get those two teamed up, I think it's funny, zany. I love some of the action scenes a lot. Gadgets are really cool. And again, the chemistry between those two. I would like more sci-fi westerns like this that have just kind of a tongue-in-cheek aspect to it. So yeah, I'd say Wild Wild Smith is an actual good movie in this guy's opinion. Did I say Wild Wild Smith? I think I said Wild Wild Smith. I apologize. Number three. Here we go. Star Wars fans, listen up. I'm willing to reignite this debate. You thought this debate was over? No, no, no. Let's get it going for another 10 more years. I think The Last Jedi is the best out of the Disney trilogy. Now, even though in real life, it has not been the most shocking reaction from people for me to say that, undoubtedly, this is the movie I've had the most arguments with people about. Arguments I never want to get into, and then it becomes one. I'm like, oh crap, here I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I guess I'm arguing, <laughs> and that's The Last Jedi. I'm only going to go over a couple of things here. I think Ryan Johnson gets a lot of crap for this movie, as you all know. I agree. The Poe Dameron side of it, not that interesting. The Finn side of it, very dull. The Rey and Luke Skywalker and the Kylo Ren stuff, for most most of that 
I actually really, really enjoy it. And the Luke Skywalker portrayal here makes sense. Now, when I first saw this movie, I said I loved it and I did, I meant it. When I rewatched it, when I watched the films in release date order leading up to the rise of Skywalker, it actually went down a couple, like quite a bit. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I don't love this movie. I like it though. I still like it a lot, but I, I, I don't love it. The Luke Skywalker thing is something I just, I, I can't seem to agree with people on. Like I can, I can understand, I can actually understand. But when I watch this film, I'm like, well, Ryan Johnson didn't do the setup with The Force Awakens. Like they had the first order now in power. Kylo Ren established as a guy who fell to the dark side, who was the nephew of Luke Skywalker and was also a student of Luke Skywalker. So by the time you get to Luke Skywalker, it makes sense why he would be the guy that he is. This dude who is so resistant towards everything that it means to be a Jedi. I love the arc that he has in that film. And he gets a lot of shit for that one moment where he whips out his lightsaber for, I believe, 0.5 seconds because he was tempted. But when I watch this movie, I'm like, he's human. He's a Skywalker. He's the son of Darth Vader. It's perfectly human to me that he would have a moment where he's kind of tempted by, I have sent some darkness that maybe, oh, maybe I should like do something to, to remove it. Like I actually don't blame him for that moment. Like I said, I have heard it all a billion times. When I watch it, I understand the portrayal. I understood what Ryan Johnson was going for. Is it the best Star Wars film? Not by a long shot. But out of the Disney trilogy, I actually feel like it's more than just nostalgia bait. I really like some of the things that it, it was bold enough to actually explore. And I like the arc that Luke Skywalker has. Boom, I said it. <sighs> Number two <laughs> is a movie that I should love. I should love this film. This movie was designed for me. I'm going to tell you what it is right now heat it took me must have been my 20th time maybe watching this movie to realize i have my whole life been trying to convince myself that i actually like this movie <laughs> but i've been lying to myself this whole time i don't really think i like this movie slow burn crime dramas crime action films that's like my main jam. I know we mainly talk about like comic books and big IPs here, but that's actually my main jam when it comes to genre films. Also, De Niro Pacino, massive De Niro Pacino fans, especially when I started watching this film when I was younger. I would literally create my own little cinematic universe. What I would do is I'd alternate. It'd be Pacino film, De Niro, Pacino, De Niro, Pacino, De Niro. I'd watch their individual films and then I would watch Heat, the culmination film of 30 years of waiting for these guys to come together. And yeah, whenever I am this to someone oh boy that reaction is not pleasant i like the first 15 minutes of this film a lot like the opening heist it feels like oh yeah the dark knight definitely borrowed some tonality from it i like the first 15 minutes 20 minutes maybe i think de niro from beginning to end is excellent the last half hour i can get on board with that first scene when they do have their like the, the coffee shop scene together where they do meet i enjoy that great acting final heist great a lot about the finale i enjoy and a lot about the beginning, but keep in mind, it's a three hour movie. So most of this movie, I do find I don't give a shit about the characters, a little bit meandering, a lot of melodrama that just does not click for me and really loses the drive of this film. I think everyone's doing a good job, like in terms of acting for the most, most people I think are doing a good job, yet the writing, I just don't enjoy the storytelling of most of these people. It just plays like a soap opera to me so much of the time instead of a hard-hitting drama. I'm just like, God damn, this is taking fucking forever. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I just try to like it, but I had to be honest with myself last time I watched it. Like, I don't really like this movie. Even though everyone does a good job, he's still one of my favorite actors of all time. 
but goddamn, I I think Al Pacino's over the topness in this film is just so obnoxious and annoying. Get out of my god! She got a great ass. The best rising. Like every time I watch, I'm like, there's there's no way this guy's a cop. <laughs> like there's no way this guy is a cop. I just don't see it. It's the furthest thing from believable, and it's just way too over the top for me. Even though I like the scenes he has with De Niro, those very few ones, for the most part, I find his performance just incredibly distracting. And yeah, I get it. Believe me, I do. I've listened to a lot of think pieces about this film that uh, adore this movie. Yeah, no, but that's the point of the film. That it's, it's not just a straightforward action thriller. It's about diving into the intimate lives. Like, yeah, the Daniel Pacino, they're the best at what they do, but man, their personal lives are fucked up and everyone around them, their lives are really harsh too. Yeah, all that stuff, not saying I couldn't do without it. I just think the execution of it does not click with me. And uh, I, I think it could have been shorter and could have been written better because I'm just not moved by vast majority of it. All right, guys. Number one. Number one. Number one shouldn't be number one. The reason it's number one is because more than what I said about heat, the second I say what I'm about to state right now for you easily leads into whoever I'm saying this to climbing down my throat every single time. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of that Family Guy moment when Peter admits, I did not care for The Godfather. What? Like, I like this movie. I do. I actually like this movie. That's why I don't think it should be number one. But no movie on this list warrants the same reaction I tend to get out of anyone I say this to. Here it is. I think Captain America Winter Soldier is a little overrated. <laughs> and that's usually how I present it. I just say it's a little overrated. Some people are like the greatest action of all time. Like, yeah, it's some of the best action out of the MCU. But is it really some of the best action of all time? Like, I think of a bunch of movies that have just way better action. I like the action, like, especially for an MCU film. I do. It's good. I think it's a solid plot political thriller. When I'm watching it, I wouldn't say I'm bored. My main thing is is people are constantly hailing this movie as the best MCU movie to have ever existed. I constantly hear it. Or number two, but a lot of the time it's number one. I think I liked it more the first time I saw it, but whenever I've rewatched it at home, it's the same feeling. While I enjoy it, while I think it's a good plot, I don't really care about the characters in this movie. I never really had an attachment to Bucky leading into this. I kind of cared about Bucky more in Civil War. I actually think I care about Bucky a lot more in Civil War. Captain America, Natasha, while good performers, just very straightforward, and I'm, I'm not that engaged into whatever emotional journeys they're going on in this film. Like, when I think about this movie, even though I've seen it several times, I do kind of just flash to some of the action scenes, but, like, character moments or whatever, they don't really land a punch with me. Like, good plot twist the first time you watched it. I just don't get hit with that feeling of this is the most brilliant thing out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Number one reaction I get is people constantly are telling me, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't even like really try. <laughs> just like, I, I'm just telling you, for some reason, just doesn't fly with me <laughs> that, that strong. I like it. I do think it's a little overrated, but it's just not to me one of the top three favorites even from from the mcu anyway guys well those are um easily my 10 most unpopular opinions what are your most unpopular movie opinions what's the ones you get the most crap for for either liking or disliking leave it down in the comments below thank you for engaging with me see you soon citizens What would you do to achieve the American dream?
the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.